0: Welcome to the StratCom podcast. I'm Aman Kablan. I'm a presenter at TRT World and I host a show called Double Check. Today, I have a great guest to talk about cybersecurity. Her name is Marianne Rousson, who is an award nominated multimedia journalist with more than 15 years experience in online and print, writing mainly about technology, science and business and how they would intersect with human rights and anthropology. Marianne, thanks for joining us. Hello. Very nice I said, to be here. Great to have you. Can you just explain to us, you know, why cybersecurity has become such a critical issue for us?
1: Um, well, it, I would say that it was already a critical issue in general. It's just one that's not very easy to talk to the general public about. But particularly in through the pandemic, uh, because people, more people are at home um, and there are less other ways to make money. Um, you know, hackers are really uh, we're sort of seeing the the influence of what they're doing in in far greater numbers. And we're seeing the attacks that they're doing. Um, Maybe maybe they're bored. Maybe this is the only other thing they can do uh, to make money. Uh, But certainly it's becoming something that the public are actually aware of going on, not just as a little wannabe hacker, um, you know, at home in their bedroom, but as it becoming the rise of it as a a massive major criminal enterprise all over the world.
0: And, are ordinary people at risk here, or is this just government agencies, you know, public institutions? Who's at risk here?
1: Everybody is at risk. The issue is that um, a lot of computers, so basically what, what we have are networks of different computers in the public sector and in the private sector. Um, in the private sector, obviously we do hear as the years go by about different companies being hacked. Now it's up to the private sector, those enterprises, to take care of their cybersecurity in-house, they need to have very, very good protections, a very good IT team um, to, to basically make sure their firewalls are, are in place and um, all of their servers are patched. But the problem is that a huge amount of public data relating to people like you and me, sensitive uh, confidential information is stored in the public sector. That means hospital servers, that means local government servers, so the central government's um, computer systems and their databases tend to be very well protected. Um, we have some of the best people in the UK. We have some of the best people who work to protect as uh, third-party contractors and in-house to protect our government, um, who are obviously being whose servers are obviously being attacked all the time. But what we don't think about is local local authorities and also things like police and uh, you know sort of civil defence teachers, uh, schools, hospitals, these are the places that are most at risk. And all of our data is there. So to give you an example, um, there was a ransomware attack uh, in May. um, And basically, they managed to steal huge amounts of Irish people, people's personal health data, from the actual Irish health service executive. And um, just today, um, they've confirmed, Irish Health Service Executive has confirmed they've been given a copy of that data that was stolen. They've not been given it by the hackers or, the, or, the, the, or Irish police. They've been given it by the U.S. Department of Justice because the U.S. Department of Justice, their investigators, whether it's for, I don't know, FBI, NSA, their investigators found this data relating to the Irish general public, their health data, on the dark web. And so the U.S. Department of Justice have now shared it with the Irish police, who have given it back to the um, to the health service executives, essentially their central government in Ireland, and said, "This is the data. Now we need to inform all of these people that their confidential health data is being sold um, on the internet." So this so this is it, it can affect all of us.
0: Okay, so basically, it's not just being stolen; it's actually being sold on the dark web, and people can bid and buy our personal data.
1: Yes, people can bid and buy. Uh, Well, this has already been happening for a long time on the dark web. The dark web is somewhere. It's just an unindexed part of the internet. And it's where you can find and buy pretty much anything you want that is illegal. Um, So, of course, hackers will go there to sell the data. Because the idea is that it's harder to find and it's more anonymous. So that's where you would make your trades um, and that's where you would tell people to, to, to buy this stuff from you. This is not new. This has been happening before the pandemic, for as long as the dark web has been, existed. So this is more like since 2014 onwards. Absolutely.
0: But just to, to understand, if, if, let's give an example. If there was an ordinary family, say they had a couple of computers in the house, the most that could be stolen from them is just credit card details? Or is there more, more to risk here?
1: Anything that you have on your personal computers can be stolen. Um, if your computers, if your devices are not patched with the most recent security patches, um, it, it can be stolen. There is no, it is impossible for anybody to guarantee you that your computer, your tablet, or your smartphone cannot be hacked. The only way for you to do that is to literally put on a tinfoil hat, turn off the internet, turn off reception on your phones, and, and have your computer or your devices disconnected from the internet and any outside network. That is the only way you could do that. That's the only way that you will not be accessible to a hacker. So absolutely anything that you own mm-hmm. can be stolen if it's a digital piece of information on any of your devices or your computer. It is impossible for you to protect against all attacks. The best thing you can do to keep your data safe is to ensure that um, you are patching. So if, if um, Apple reminds you that they want you to upgrade to the next version of iOS or, you know, the next patch. Um, mm-hmm. If Windows on Tuesday, patch Tuesday, patch Tuesday is when Microsoft fires out, pushes out across the world security patches for the Windows operating system. If Windows, if Microsoft says to you they would like to patch, please don't turn your computer off. Please, please do what Microsoft says. Um, if make sure that your, all of your software is updated Um, to the best it can be, but really the only way to ensure that you would not definitely not get hacked by anything is to keep it completely offline and away from anybody, which is impossible because we use our devices and we need to get information from the internet. So everything we do is a risk, Um, and and so that's what you just have to be aware of. Other things you could do is you could avoid using public Wi-Fi networks. That's definitely something you can do. Um, It's a good idea to make sure that your passport, that's your password's are different. Um, it's a very, very good idea to go and find out. So there's a website whereby you can check whereby whether any of your data has been previously um, exposed in a data breach. Um, I'm just going to look up the website. The website is haveibeenpwned.com. H-A-V-E-I-B-E-E-N-P-W-N-E-D.com. Have I been pawned? You put in your email address into this website and it will tell you whether your email address or phone number has been compromised. If it has changed the passwords, every single account related to that.
0: Okay, great. I've, I've not heard of this website, but I'll check it out after this interview. Um, thanks for that, Marianne. And thanks for the tips. Uh, also, you know, during the pandemic, have we seen more and more um, incidences of this happening? Has it been exacerbated?
1: Um, it, We've seen more instances of this happening. Yes, there's been a rise, a massive rise in cyber security attacks in, uh, in, in ransomware attacks. Definitely um, the UK's National Cyber Security Centre and obviously many other national bodies around the world have said there's been a huge rise of cyber attacks and in particular ransomware attacks. Uh, yes, so in, in part, as I said, it's because people are at home Um, and, and maybe there's, uh, there's less ways to make money. And they also feel that people are more vulnerable because they're spending a lot more time on their devices.
0: Okay. And of course, you know, this is, you know, we spoke about how it could affect us locally, but this could grow to a grand scale and jeopardize national interest and so on. Right. So I guess governments have, um, a lot of more countermeasures against such greater attacks, right?
1: Um, well, it's, it's the same countermeasures. They, they have to just be patching their systems constantly. The only thing else that you can do other than keeping all of your systems up to date is you have to have things like artificial intelligence-based solutions that actively are looking, whereby you've got computers whose job is to scan the, the networks all day long, all night, checking to see if there's any sort of hackers trying to intrude on in the network. Um, But One of the biggest problems with hacking and with these cyber attacks is that we hear about, so there's a very huge, there's a really big um, problem right now that was revealed um, in the last two weeks. Um, Let me just pull that up. Um, Log4Shell. This is a a common, this is a very, very important zero-day security vulnerability that is in the Java coding language, which is one of the oldest coding languages in the world. And you can find stuff coded into Java, in your computer, in your laptop, in your phone, in your tablet, in your Blu-ray player, in your smart TV, everything. So this is the idea is that security flaws are things that people don't know about. They, they just are things that hackers find. If a hacker, like a nation state hacker, finds one of these security vulnerabilities, they won't go telling anybody about it. They will just keep using it to hack into as many devices as possible. And then, so the day that we find out about these vulnerabilities and cybersecurity researchers tell the world about it is essentially the day that the bad guys get sad. And they can be the good guys. It could also be your own security agency nationally that's trying to protect you and hacking into other countries. You don't know what they're doing. But the idea is that all these flaws are out there and we don't know what many of them are. Mm -hmm. So essentially, you should expect that people are trying to hack you all the time. So when you hear about a vulnerability, a major vulnerability being found, that is like the beginning of the end for the hacker. So maybe hackers who didn't know about that flaw might have a go once we once reveal things like Log4Shell and try and quickly do some hacking. But the bulk of the hacking would have been done prior to that by you know, malicious actors who just knew about this flaw and kept using it as long as they could.
0: Okay. And one other thing I want to ask you about, Marianne, is social media applications because you know, many of us use applications like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and thankfully, it's never happened to me, but sometimes, you know, a friend or a colleague would say, you know, their Instagram account or their Twitter account got hacked uh, and, you know, that I shouldn't take regard for any of the comments or messages that come from there. Uh, so how vulnerable are we who have you know, open, um, open handles on some of these social media applications? Are we vulnerable to such attacks?
1: Um, It's not about having an open handle that makes you vulnerable. It's what you do with your account. So if you constantly add people as friends to your Facebook account, that's literally the best way for people to get hacked, to have their Facebook account hacked, is if they just keep on adding random people they don't know. You don't know this person. Why did you add them? Once somebody has added you, they can look at all of your friends. And then what they do is they're trying to brute force everybody's Facebook account, they have to work out what your account is. And many of people's Facebook accounts reveal their email addresses. This is why, so all of it ties into what I was saying about previous data breaches. Let's say that you were implicated in a previous data breach of another service. So we know your email address and we know the password that you used at some point in the last few years. We now know that email address very likely has been used for Instagram, possibly Twitter and Facebook. Now we just need to work out your password. Some hackers will just spend all their time essentially trying a million passwords until they hope they will get into your account. Once they get into your account, then they can send fake messages and then they can trick your friends. Um, It basically works the exact same way with Instagram and with Twitter. The only way to do that, one of the biggest ways, is phishing. So phishing can be through what I said. The other way of phishing people is to send fake a load of horrible malicious emails which have a link. And it tricks you into thinking your Facebook account, your Instagram account, or your Twitter account has been compromised. And you go to that website and it says, your, we think that your account's been compromised. We're Facebook. We're pretending to be Facebook. And we want you to, to log in your details. So you think you're logging into Facebook. You put in your password and your email. And they, the, the hacker then has your an email and password. Then all they have to do is, ha- is log into your account. And then they can then send all your contacts, some message, fake messages, and then trick them as well. So the idea is to get as many fake accounts as possible. There's not a lot monetarily you can do. You'd have to collect a lot of accounts to sell them to someone. Mm-hmm. In, in all honesty, this kind of hacking does not give you a lot of money. The one that brings you a lot of money is ransomware attacks. This is small-time guys. But the small-time guy might try to hack as many um, Facebook users or Instagram users or Twitter users, collect them in bulk, all of those contact details, and then sell them on the dark web to the highest bidder.
0: And of course, this is we're talking about strategic communications at uh, this summer. And one thing uh, I see a lot is people buying fake followers, people buying tweet likes, retweets, uh, likes on Instagram. Um, is this is this problematic? Do you think uh, in in any scenario for you know? Do, well, do I mean, actors? it's I
1: mean it's problematic for if we evaluate companies by how many. Um, likes and shares and retweets, There, if we, if we evaluate influencers on that, then it's problematic for the competitors of that influencer. But all this is, is that some, some young influencer in the world or some brand who would like, who doesn't want to do the work organically is paying a criminal to log into somebody else's account or create some fake accounts and give them fake likes. So essentially, what is the biggest harm in this? You are helping a criminal have some money and have a living, so they're going to keep on doing it. In the grand scheme of things, this is not. To me, this is still not a hugely impactful crime. This is like a small-time petty kind of crime. It probably has the greatest of impact to a small business that loses their account because they've been hacked. But in, in the grand scheme of things, is this a huge deal compared to cyber attacks, data breaches, and ransomware attacks? No, not really.
0: Okay. And just finally, Marianne, so where do you see all this going when you kind of, how do you project, where do you project cyber security going? Uh, is it just going to get worse for many ordinary users online? Or do you think there's going to be much more countermeasures and it's just going to kind of, um, you know, completely become inexistent? Where do you see it all going?
1: Um well, I mean, cybersecurity is, is the same. I mean, I, this is a good question to answer because it's, it's like an ongoing fight. It's never going to get any easier. It, it will probably change incrementally depending on the type of technology that we use going forward. But the whole idea is that man invents a new thing. It gains critical mass. We all use the new thing. Once we use the new thing, the hackers will come along and hack into that new thing. They will try and break that software. They've been doing that since the first Macintosh computers in 1984 was when the first malware was created. So it's just it's, it, it's kind of like, will it get worse? Maybe, but it's kind of like it's already bad. It's just going to keep being bad. And as we create new technology, we will find a way to break that technology too.
0: Okay, Marianne, thanks for your contribution uh, for something that's very critical and it impacts many of us. Uh, thanks for joining the Stratcom podcast.